Good morning and wake up 49ers. 49er wake up back on the air on a Friday, getting you ready for the Seattle Seahawks. Larry, look who is back. Just two weeks ago, we were dealing with the Seahawks. Then this Eagles game came about. Certainly few people noticed that and what happened in it. And it's right back to Seattle. So nothing easy ever for the 49ers. But for the first time, uh, I'm, I'm thinking they're walking into an easier than usual situation against Seattle. There's only one path to victory, I think, for the Seahawks in this game. And it might be really hard for them to find. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, you know what? I, I see a desperate Seahawk team uh, that rolls in six and six. Kenneth Walker, I expect to play in this game. Um, I'm hoping, you know, that's a big spread. It's 49ers by 11. Um, but, man, I think this is going to be a much more challenging game than other people think because I just I really think that the Seahawks view themselves as a playoff team. Uh, they're going hard. Uh, they're, you know, they're. Their pride's a little wounded from getting beat at home on Thanksgiving. 49ers are the better team, but the Niners are coming off of, you know, this is the ultimate letdown spot, right? I mean, they just had the biggest of big wins on the road, a game they've been aiming towards for a long time. Um, and I got to think that there was some celebrating that went on uh, <laughs> after the Niners got uh, got that victory. The vibe down in Santa Clara this week was not... Um, distracted or hey we've arrived so it wasn't like there was a bad vibe or any kind of a different vibe but i just think that it's really difficult to um manhandle a team twice in three weeks especially in your division especially when they roll in desperate i mean a seahawks loss here takes them to six and seven and probably on the outskirts of any kind of playoff uh, idea unless they really roll at the end so they're going to show up with whatever the best Seattle's got. They're bringing it on Sunday. I want to go back to a few articles I've read and a few videos that I've watched from our friend David Lombardi. And David Lombardi has been on the pass rush win rates trend in this matchup, maybe more than anyone else, Larry. And they are definitive and they are dominant. And if you're looking at when the Niners are at their best, they're controlling the line of scrimmage. And this is a game where I think they are going to control the line of scrimmage again. We saw a six sack performance against Geno on Thanksgiving, and it feels like the Niners are just getting better. And they're starting to really figure it out defensively. Call it the arrival of Chase Young, the uh, the the dissension from the press box down to the field of Steve Wilkes, um, descending, not dissension, you know what I mean? He dis he's, he's down on the ground now, and I, it's just, it's coming together. It feels like instead of three separate units, the, you know, the front of the defense, the linebackers, and then the secondary, it's all working together in one harmonious defensive unit right now, and I just think that the Niners have an awful lot going for them. The Seahawks, on the other hand, Again, banged up in the backfield. I mean, they, it, DJ Dallas could be looking at the majority of the carries in this game if Kenneth Walker isn't all the way back because Charbonnet hurt himself in the last game as well. The way that I've been handicapping this, and look, Larry, you know that of all the, the content creators and broadcasters and, and people that you work with, like I'm the least 49er about to win shit talking guy out there. Like I'm always respectful especially of Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and a division opponent but I kind of look at them and where they are in a three-game losing streak and where the Niners are looking so good out of the bye and what I see 
is unless DK Metcalf goes full on Randy Moss, like he almost did against the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't see how they do it, Larry. I really don't. Now Metcalf had what a, a, a three, three catch or no, no six catch 160 yard, three touchdown game against Dallas. He was unstoppable. The catch, the, the game that he had against the 49ers was a humble three catch 30 something yards. And Mooney Ward did a great job shutting him down. If Mooney Ward keeps DK Metcalf in check again on Sunday, I just don't see how the Seahawks get it done. Well, it's NFL. So there's only 10 possessions in the game and anything can happen in those 10 possessions. All it really takes is a funny bounce of the ball and a couple turnovers and you've got, you know, an upset. So it's not college. So you, there's it just there's a potential always in the NFL. That's why any team can win on any given Sunday because it doesn't your margin for error is not that great. Um, you know, I mean it, 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 we'll see how this game goes. I mean, the 49ers have done an incredible job the last two weeks at rushing as one, as Nick Bosa likes to refer to it. And basically not rising is one at chase center. Oh my. Well, not giving Gino any rush lanes, not giving Jalen hurts any run lanes. Um, and you know, you saw it on the film this week. I mean, Bosa jumps inside Armstead pushes outside. Um, and they're really playing off of one another right now, and they're not giving the quarterback obvious run lanes. So, so we shall see. I mean, I, I you know, um, if 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 Seattle can do a few more things than they did the first time around, then maybe this game's going to be different. I, I expect the 49ers to win the game. I just think that is the odds of it being closer are probably pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, 31, 13 is what the score was on Thanksgiving. Niners had 23 first downs to only 14 for Seattle. Seattle only had 220 total yards in that game. They only had 88 yards rushing. So they had no run game the last time around. They totally took away the run game. They jumped them early. It was 24, three at the half. Charbonnet had three, four, a carry, but Seattle still ran as a team for over four yards of carry and they are going to get Kenneth Walker back and DK was totally held down. I mean, they targeted him nine times last time he got three catches. So yeah. he's probably going to be better than to watch know. that Dallas game. I mean, he was, he was taking like five yard slant patterns yeah, and just going, Oh, do my, th did you see what just happened? I, I, I stuck my thumb up again and that weird thumb thing happened. And now the, can you see me anymore? No, I see. Uh, you can hear I me, see, though, right? I can hear you, but there's some. There's yeah, some. Uh, just getting some some page. I think you. Do you have a page open or or uh, there you go? Hold on. I don't know what just happened there. I don't know, and, and, and also you must have two cameras. There is. There's. It's my. Uh... So maybe your first camera is out of juice or something. It's possible. It's plugged in. I don't know what happened there. Hold on. Let me work on this. This, uh, this, we're getting the, the lower camera, not the higher camera. Right. No, you're looking right up my nose and no one wants to do that. <laughs> Somebody says your capture card. That was your capture card. I don't yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> I do have, it's just, uh, Albert says Damon with a multi-camera setup. Yeah, I mean, I have multiple cameras, too. You know, we have the 
I have the Logitech. I've got right. the Sony. Here, here, and let, let, got let, the, me, uh, let me log out and come back in, okay? All right. Come I'll on be right now. back. Come I'll on be right, right back. Hold the show down for me. Luckily, you were a solo <laughs> show host for years, and you know exactly what to do. A yeah. well-trained broadcaster will now be taking over. Ladies and gentlemen, Lawrence Kruger. <laughs> well, welcome to 49er Wake Up. Um, no, but this I, I'm looking forward to this game because I'm looking forward to seeing what Seattle brings back um, you know, to, in, in this matchup, you know, on paper, when you looked at this matchup, it was like, Oh, wait a second. You get Seattle twice in three weeks. Ooh, that's going to be a challenge. Um, but now they roll in and they've got some key injuries and it's going to be interesting to see who plays in this game. Is Kenneth Walker, the third going to play the running back? If not, as Damon said, it could be Zach Charbonnet and DJ Dallas, uh, sharing the rock. And then on defense, Jordan Brooks is, you know, as good a linebacker as they have. I mean, Bobby Wagner's obviously still there, and Wagner's a future Hall of Famer. But Jordan Brooks is in his prime, and he's hurt. So um, what does that mean in this game? You know, the four, the one thing about the 49ers, I thought it was interesting this week. One, almost all the Niner players in the locker room are have gone about wearing their hat backwards. <laughs> I noticed that yesterday after being down there Wednesday and Thursday. We talked to Kittle. His hat was backwards. We talked to uh, McCaffrey. His hat was on backwards. Uh, maybe a show of solidarity for their quarterback who got ripped by Colin Cowherd for wearing his hat backwards because it was un he was supposedly unprofessional. But, you know, this, this game, I think, is going to be a very challenging game for the 49ers. Now, the one thing the Niners have done the last two weeks is they've they've made sure that they've taken away the run lanes from the quarterback. So... You know, and, and Nick Bosa made a great comment this week. He said, you know, I hope Dallas watches our film and takes our approach to defending Jalen Hurts, um, you know, into account. And um, and I was like, OK, uh, that's a great idea, because what the Niners did in this last game against Hurts and what they did the week before against Geno is that and they like to play a lot of games, a lot of twists and stunts. But they want to make sure that the pocket just stays like this, like basically where they're just closing it down slowly. So give you an example against uh, Hertz last week. You saw Bosa from his end spot cut inside and it left this big lane on uh, where he was. And Eric Armstead, who was inside, saw this and bounced outside to make sure that they kept him hemmed in. And if you look at it, Jalen Hurts only had, you know, I think his longest run of the day was seven yards. So that is a unique way to defend him. And he's been, you know, they did a, the Niners did, I think, the best job I've seen anybody do at defending mobile quarterbacks. And if you look at the job, it really started the week before with Geno. Uh, they did a phenomenal job against Geno. But if you looked at at Hertz, I mean, Gino's not the runner that Hertz is, but Hertz only had seven carries for 20 yards. He averaged 2.9 a carry. His longest run was seven yards. So, you know, that's they need more of the same there because Gino breaking contain is really the concern here. Uh, DK had a spectacular game against Dallas. Damon was right. I mean, that one in the middle of the field where he just sprinted away from everybody. But the Niners have the anti-DK. In Mooney Ward, who just blankets DK. So, um, 
if all of this flips around and suddenly you've got the 49ers, um, you know, suddenly, suddenly they're, they're struggling with DK instead of dominating DK, then who knows? Maybe, maybe Seattle can, can, you know, make this a game or if Kenneth Walker's addition, um, if suddenly they're running, I mean, they ran for 4.2, a carry against the Niners on uh, the last matchup, but Walker didn't play. If Walker plays and he has a good day, I mean, then maybe that's an equalizer. But um, my big concern in this game is just do the Niners come out with an edge? Do they come out sharp? You know, because the one thing about Seattle is they are desperate. And if you look at the playoff picture in the in the NFC, uh, they got to have this one. I mean, there's just no way around it. They've got Philly next week. So it's not just, you know, you're going to see the best of Seattle. Whatever Seattle's best is, you're going to see it. Because if the playoffs started today, they are six and six and probably on the outside looking in. But they got a shot. They got a real shot at a wild card spot. But if they lose this week to the Niners, next week to the Eagles and drop to six and eight, it's a wrap on the season. So, you know, Seattle is not been very good, you know, against the Niners recently. Niners have had kind of ownage on Seattle. Seattle's only one and three in the division where the Niners are undefeated in the division. Niners are seven and one in the conference. Seattle's only five and four in the conference. So, you know, this is going to be a desperate, really on edge Seattle team. I would say expect everything. Fake punts, onside kicks, anything at all that Pete Carroll can dial up so that he gets an extra possession or two. Look for that in this game. Oh, Damon's back now. There we go. There we are. Hold on. Wait, I got a little. Let me. Let me uh... Oh, and that's worse. Hold on. You do. <laughs> I got to do go. this manually. Hold on, Larry. There you go. There you go. Better? There you go. Better? Much now better. let's switch our boxes. Put me under the Damon and you under the Krug. Oh, we're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. So I broke down the entire game. No, uh, but, no, but basically I was just saying that, you know, the one thing that Bosa pointed out is that the Niners did a great job at, as, you know, against Geno and against Hertz as not, at not giving the quarterback any run lane to kind of get out and do damage. Oh, and to you, me, that's, that's the big one right there. You, you can't. If Gino, how do you lose? You lose when Gino gets out of breaks contain, and now DK uh, runs a second route. You know, he runs the route that he ran out of the huddle, and then he runs the the route that he runs uh, after Gino breaks contain, and then you've got big play potential. So there's, you know, you want to make sure, but the Niners feel really good. They're going to have Mooney Ward do in this game what Mooney Ward did in the last game, which is, DK's on the right side, Mooney's with him. DK's on the left side, Mooney's with him. DK's in the slot, Mooney's with him. The nice thing about DK is he only runs a partial tree. He only runs, I would say, four or five routes out of that tree for the most part. He doesn't run every single route. So Mooney loves going up against him. He's big. He's got long arms coming off a very good game against A.J. Brown. Uh, And bring it on. We'll see. We'll see what the Niners have. The Niners... um, can then we're going to find out the the level of focus, determination, professionalism, whatever you want to call it, because 49ers are in a letdown spot 
and Seattle's desperate and should roll in with tremendous kind of resolve and focus. Can they handle a team who brings that kind of resolve, that kind of intensity, and that kind of focus with their season dangling? Can they put them away in what should be a letdown spot for the Niners? Pete That's Carroll. how I kind of frame this one. Yeah, no, look, Pete Carroll. So I'm uh, again, I've got a little bit more. It's it's funny as the year goes along, you're becoming a little bit more pessimistic and I'm becoming more optimistic. It's, <laughs> we're, we're, we're switching spaces almost here. Uh, you beat me to what was going to be my woo. He's really thought about this illuminating talking point. You're lucky my camera shut down and I had some some uh, some, some some tinkering to do here, Larry. But what you said about mobile quarterbacks. I think this is a problem that the 49ers offensive line or excuse me, defensive line is kind of solved a little bit, right? And they did it against Geno and then they really doubled down and they did it against Jalen Hurts. And I just think that those lessons from those games on how to play quarterback contain are going to really pay off for them again this week and next week against Kyler Murray when that becomes, you know, the problem du jour. Um, but I really just think that the more disciplined defensive line that just realized, hey, you know, less freelancing, the better off we are. If we just all stay in our rushing lanes, as you said, we're going to be really hard for these quarterbacks to get loose on. And I just think that the Eagles were the right opponent to set them back up for a rematch with the Seahawks. Again, a team that just does not match up well against the 49ers to begin with, but for DK Metcalf, and as you just said, Mooney Ward is like the antidote for a big physical receiver. Um, he just did it against A.J. Brown. He did it the first time around against DK, and now it's up to him to do it again. And if he does, again, I'm, I don't think it's Kenneth Walker the third making a game outcome difference in this game. Now, I've always said about Pete Carroll – he is there to play football. He is 100% going to go out on his shield. When it looked like a lay down and die situation on Thanksgiving, give the Seahawks credit for battling in that second half, and that's a testament to the culture of Pete Carroll. An onside kick, a fake punt, a fake field goal, the things that I always worry about when this team plays the Seahawks, I'd be doubly worried about this week because I really do think the Seahawks are going to have to steal something in order to win this game, a possession. They're going to need to win the turnover battle. The 49ers, if they play well, the 49ers, if they play well, Larry, there's just no chance. There's no chance that the Seahawks just with the same effort, come on out and, and, and beat the 49ers. I just don't think they're capable of doing it right now. No, I don't either. I I really don't either. And I, to me, it doesn't matter if they have Charbonnet or if they have Walker or if it's DJ Dallas. I I, I don't think Seattle has enough. Do the, the um, thing on top there, babe. Just yeah. So Jillian just stepped in here. She says you look a little fuzzy. So she's in here trying to focus this a little bit better. Oh, that's better. That's better. There you go. Now you, you've gone too a little far. bit to the left. A little bit. Yeah, to the a little right. bit more. When I say stop, stop, stop. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Ladies and gentlemen, Jillian Bruce, the IT department has come in here. The IT department has jumped in. Thank you uh, very much, honey. <laughs> well, I, you know, this to me, this this game is is really an interesting game because the 49ers have kind of started to establish ownage on Seattle. You know, the same ownage that Russell Wilson had on them. Brock Purdy kind of has on Seattle. If there's been one team that he's played a lot, it's the Seahawks, right? 
Um, he's played them quite often. Look, now he's for a sweep and second year in a row with a wild card playoff victory in there too. So that would be five straight if they do it again. And then you got to go back two years ago, three years ago. Did would they split with the Seahawks? Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, Russell was like 18 and four or something like right. that against the Niners. And Gino has dropped four in a row, maybe five in a row now against uh, against the Niners. So, I, I mean, the one thing about Seattle is they're going to be motivated. They're going to come in and they're desperate. You know, that's what they've got. And um, the other thing that's, you know, I would say is Niner fans be on the lookout for Pete Carroll's gum. Did you see that whole story? Of oh, yeah. He's been throwing his gum into the stands. I mean, that's vile, dude. It's I mean, true. people people talk about, you know, you know, how disgusting if somebody spits on you. How would you like to get get it, get Pete's, you know, gum chewed up gum hit you in the hair or hit I'd you in rather, the cheek? I'd rather it be the gum than the spit because the gum at least bounces off of you and falls to the ground where the spit's going to like stay on you. Now you got to wipe it off and it's just wet. And like, I'd, if you ask, what do I hit you with a, a piece of chewed gum or a loogie? I'll take the chewed gum 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Unless it gets, unless it lands in your hair or something. Now you're, I got this gum in your hair, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, so Pete's been known to do that. And now people are calling him out on it. He's like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Ditka did it once in the in the eighties. He threw his gum into the stands and hit some Niner fans. So be on the lookout if you're sitting behind the Seahawk bench and you get to, you know, Pete is a notorious gum chewer, and uh, he's been he's been cited uh, or <laughs> found hitting people with his gum. Uh, <laughs> Greg Khan says, if Carroll hit me with his gum, he'd hear from my lawyer. Oh, there would be a, there'd be an action lawsuit. There's no doubt. You, you'd, you'd, you'd have to go ahead and persecute their prosecute. But no, I mean, this look. is a potential trap game for the Niners. I mean, the Niners are going to roll in feeling great. I mean, realistically, when do you think the 49ers, you know, when did they stop celebrating the win? Probably at least 24 hours after the game, maybe 48 hours. Larry, I'm. I'm going to say this team's so disciplined and has such bigger sights than just beating the Eagles. I mean, that was a big win, no doubt. It meant a lot, meant a lot. But I hope that they stop celebrating when that plane crossed the Mississippi River. I really mean that. Like, this is a, this is a team that has – I mean, how about this? If you go to the NFC title game and lose, this year's a failure. They know that. They feel bad. I mean, they're, they're, they're after one prize this year. That's why they're think, after the Super Bowl. They're that's why the draft game – that's why the trap game doesn't exist, really. When you got a major, major prize to hunt, like a Super Bowl, there shouldn't be any traps for you. And and they now, I think, should be even more motivated because of the situation that the Eagles find themselves in. A couple of weeks ago, the Eagles were assured to be the one seed. There's a very good chance they could be a five seed, Larry, if they lose to the Cowboys. And they haven't won in Dallas since 2017. And they trip up somewhere else and the Lions regress and the 49ers don't take their foot off the pedal. Not once the Niners could be the one seed when it's all said and done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what's on the line here. Yeah. That's why the Niners should be focused. It's just human nature. It's human nature to when you get up for a game, the the human nature portion is that you slide back a little bit. I don't think the Niners are going to bring their A game. I think the Niners are going to bring their B game at best. And we're going to find out, is the Niner B game enough to beat Seattle when Seattle's super, super determined? 
I mean, what in the last game, the Niners were plus so one in turnovers. I want you to define what a Niner B game is. Does that mean it's mistake laden? Does that mean there's a turnover in there? Does that mean? Well, the Niners turned it over one time. Hard? I mean, what? what, yeah, what yeah, maybe a turnover. Maybe a turnover. Maybe, uh, maybe just a little, um, you know, lack of focus. Maybe some drops. I mean, I, you know, w- we've all seen teams that are absolutely on their game and teams and hopefully the hope is they come out early, put them away and you know, that's it. Um, and I think ultimately if the Niners and the Seahawks played 10 times, I think the Niners are so much better than the Seahawks at this point. They probably wins. win. They probably win eight or nine yeah. of 10, but um, they were plus the Niners were plus one in the turnover margin last time. They did hold the ball for 35 minutes. Um, they had that one bad quarter in the third. Otherwise, they dominated. Um, but, yeah, turnovers are the equalizer in the NFL. You, you turn the ball over, anything can happen. Um, so th- that to me is – and it's funny. I asked George Kittle yesterday because I noticed on the film that every time Kittle got in traffic in the Philly game, he went Larry Zonka, two hands around the ball. And he said, hey, I just didn't want to – I didn't want to let my team down with a turnover – um, in it when in, you know on the road in a, in a huge game, uh, they're going to need that level of attention to detail to you know focus on not turning it over. If the Niners are not plus, or the Niners are even on the turnovers or plus one, plus two, they're going to win easy. If they're minus one, they're going to win, but they'll be a little bit closer. If they're minus two, they could lose. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, any any team turns the ball over twice, the chances of them losing increase dramatically. Yeah. And I hate to boil the ultra complicated, very involved game of football down to one thing, but I'm going to do it again, Larry, because I really do think you shut down DK Metcalf, they're not doing anything. They're not going to do anything against this team. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to beat the Niners with a run game that is Kenneth Walker coming off an injury that has cost him the last two weeks. Charbonnet, again, might not even play. DJ Dallas is a name I'm not really worried about. I just think that the 49ers are going to overwhelm this team. And even if, even with a B game, like I think a 49er B game still can overwhelm the Seattle defense. Again, they just got cooked by Dallas and I, I just think that Mooney Ward is playing some of the best football that he's played since he's become a 49er. Like he's had the best month of his career and coming out of the bye week. He's just been a different guy. He's not drawn those stupid penalties. He's not given up the backbreaker. And I just think that he's playing great. This team just got its own study course on how to contain a mobile quarterback. And they learned an awful lot of lessons. Like I thought that that Philly game was going to be closer than it was. And it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, but for the Niners having a, a sputtering first quarter, that could have been a 50-point night in Philadelphia. It really could have been. And I just think the Niners are are absolutely cooking. And the Seahawks kind of are the right opponent to make sure that that mental letdown doesn't happen because they do respect the Niners. Again, this is the best rivalry on the West Coast. It really is. I know that when the Rams moved back to town, it was supposed to instantly go back to Northern California versus Southern California. It didn't. It didn't. The the 49ers own the Rams, but for you know the fourth quarter of the NFC title game down there, they've absolutely owned the Rams. I still think Niners Seahawks is the best rivalry that they have. 
And that is the antidote to them taking their eye off the ball along with everything that is riding on this year and has been for a handful of these guys. These, you know, coming up a little bit short might be okay for a, a, a young player, a rookie on this team, but for the older players, Debo, the stalwarts, Kittle, you know, Trent Williams now coming up short is no longer an option. They need a Super Bowl and they need one this year or next year. And I think everyone knows it. So, yeah. But I mean, I, here's the, here's the thing. The, the Niners are looking at the whole, you know, the whole picture, which is the Super Bowl. So what does that mean? That's one of the reasons Eric Armstead is not playing this week. Eric Armstead is one of their best defensive linemen. He might be their best defensive lineman, all things equal. If you look at the the first Seattle game, the reason the Niners kicked Seattle around is that the Niner D-line destroyed the the Seahawk O-line. Is Armstead 100% out? What's that? Armstead's 100% out. Yeah, he's, he's out. Been... He's not playing. Okay. He's not going to play this week, and he's probably not going to play next week. All right. So Gino, Gino was sacked six times in that game two weeks ago. And Armstead, I think, had three hits on the quarterback and one of the sacks. And he is their best defensive lineman, I think, in all phases as far as against the run, against the pass. Um, he's really, really good. Now, obviously, there's Bosa, and Bosa is a defensive player of the year. But Armstead is is so vitally important to what they do. I mean, he's just he's their best interior player against the run. And he's a he's a very smart player. He's the captain of the team, and he's not playing. He's got um, he's got a knee injury. He also has plantar fasciitis, and they're going to sit him out. Now, if the playoffs were today, he would probably play. But the fact of the matter is, it's not today. So they're going to try to get by this week and next week against two divisional opponents without Eric Armstead. Now, what does that mean? I'm not sure exactly what that means as far as what it's going to look like and without him. I mean, Hargrave is special. Um, Kinlaw, I talked to him yesterday. He's primed to play, and he's coming healthy. off a career game, right? I mean, coming off a great game, that game, and I like Kevin Davis Even. is going to is going to play a lot of reps as well. So I, that's what Wilkes told us yesterday. He said, "Get ready to see a lot of Kalia Davis, like uh, in, uh, over Kevin Givens." Well, no, given it'll be Givens, Kinlaw, and Davis sharing the Armstead spot. But, um, you know, I mean, Eric is tremendous. I mean, he really is. He's their number one anchor inside against the run, and he gives them pass rush, and he's probably their smartest uh, defensive lineman. He's just a he's just a leader of the team, and it's a major loss to not have him. It is. And when if they don't have him and they won't, um, what does it look like? Do they still dominate Seattle up front? Do they still put consistent heat on Gino? Um, because that was the big determining factor last time. It was, you know, Amber got a pick, and the Niners got 12 hits on Gino. Six of them were sacks. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't just all Eric, Eric Armstead. Givens had a half sack. Um, uh, Bosa had two. Tayshawn had one. Hargrave had one and a half. So some of these other guys are going to have to step up. I'm really excited to see some extended run from Kalia Davis just because he is so fast. He's a converted linebacker. Uh, he played linebacker at Central Florida, and now he's a defensive tackle. So you've got Kalia and Givens and Kinlaw, and the three of those guys are going to have to really step up this week. Well, I know he's more of a DN, too, and I'm not talking about he's going to be taking snaps from Armstead, but 
you know, a, a player that you and I both saw at camp and were impressed by Robert Beal Jr. is someone who has been cleared to play, but didn't dress last week. He was a scratch against Philadelphia. Maybe he suits up and gets a little run this week too, just based on, you know, the, the lack of depth on that defensive line. So um, maybe he shows up, but no, you're, you're right. Eric Armstead is a, a vital part of the 49ers being at full strength. The guy, you know, is more than a, a, a he more than occupies blocks. You know, he's, he's someone that you really got to deal with and worry about. Um, but I also think the Niners playing well without Eric Armstead is something that we've seen a lot of because Armstead's been, been hurt throughout his career. And I do think that the line has not taken massive steps backwards in his absence. And hopefully that, that proves itself again. I mean, I, I just think that this team is, is bigger than one man's effort. I mean, they really got something going defensively since this bye week came and went, it feels like a different unit. Almost. They're just, instead of playing individually, they're, they're playing together as one. And Steve Wilkes, who was, you know, very much, becoming persona non grata during the three game losing streak. I think Steve Wilkes deserves an awful lot of credit for keeping the unit together, making the tough choices, whether it be going further away from his chosen son of Isaiah Oliver and admitting Ambry Thomas is better in the slot. And, and I need to, to count on him more. It feels like, not not to mix our sports metaphors, but I think a lot of frustration with the Golden State Warriors is Steve Kerr isn't allowing... Steve Kerr's not making decisions based on what's actually happening. He's making decisions based on the way he wished things were happening in terms of some of these, the, these lineups that the Warriors have been running out. And I think it's almost the, the opposite of that for Steve Wilkes, where... He might have come in with an idea, but then he realized that idea wasn't working. And so he's got to go to different players and make adjustments. And he's done it. He's done well, it. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, to me, the, there was three things. Amber three things. Amber, that, Amber Thomas has probably changed this year more than any one player, right? Yeah. I mean, there's three. I think there's three elements. I mean, the Niners look terrible against Cincinnati, right? They couldn't, you know, Cincinnati did anything they wanted. The Niners' defensive line got pushed around. Everybody was open. The coverage was loose. Right. Mixing they had major right on the ground, major problems. Now, they it was partially fatigue, right? And then they went into the bye week. They got a little rested up, but they also did some other things. They took Oliver off the field. They put Ambry on the field. They took Steve from the booth. They put him on the sideline, and they added Chase Young. So, if you're saying of those three moves, how would you rank them on the order of importance? I know lots of people have pointed to, well, Steve's on the sidelines. That's the big, big move. It's the least um, important. I would say it's the least important, too. I think the big one is Ambry. Ambry's a, a um, prototype corner. He's six feet. He's 195. He's got long arms. He runs very fast. We're talking about 4-4 four, four flat. And he was a third-round draft choice for a reason um, because he's got big-time speed and almost um, – He's almost the prototype as far as what you're looking for in a corner. Six feet, 195, great recovery speed, and he's tough as hell. He really is tough. And you've now put your three best corners on the field. You took Oliver off, and in fact, this week, the Niners added Logan Ryan, the former Patriot, um, the former Buccaneer from last year. Logan Ryan's won a couple Super Bowls. I actually think that Logan Ryan is going to push Isaiah Oliver one more step back 
I think you're going to see Logan Ryan and not Isaiah Oliver um, at times when they go to that, when they need that backup replacement defensive back. I think it's going to be Ryan, not Oliver. Uh, but yeah, Ambry Thomas has allowed them to put their best three corners on the field. To me, if you looked at that Philly game, there were times where Jalen Hurts had five seconds. There were times, I mean, the Kinlaw sack, he literally retreated and retreated and moved around and he had all day to throw. But, you know, as, as um, Wilk said yesterday, we went with plaster coverage and they basically just, you know, they, they were mirroring Lenore, Mooney, and um, and Ambry were were absolutely mirroring the uh, the Eagles receivers all over the field, and so Kinlaw got a got a coverage sack. So I mean the Niners we haven't seen that re- recently. I mean when they played um, when they played Minnesota on the on the Monday nighter and Cousins carved them up on third down every single time he went to a receiver on third down he was open. The next week against Cincinnati. Every single time that that uh, Joe Burrow dropped back to pass, he had somebody open. The coverage was night and day compared to what we saw uh, against Seattle two weeks ago and against Philly this week. If that same coverage can show up this week, Niners should win this game comfortably. I think you're right. I think you're right, and I just think that goes as, you know, you contain DK Metcalf, you make sure that uh, – you know, Lockett doesn't go bonkers on you. And I just, it just feels like a win over the Seahawks from a team that is absolutely focused and dialed in and playing some of their best football. And, you know, I, I know a lot of the, the reaction in Philadelphia is, oh, did the, did the, did the Eagles peak too early? I feel like the Niners are starting to peak here at the, at the right time. Was it, uh, Genghis Khan, by the way, is I've, I've been hearing this gum from his lawyer thing for about a half an hour. Let's, 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 let's I, I, I love Genghis Khan's comment there, but I don't think we need to involve we'll, we'll go from Genghis to Genghis. Genghis. I, I, More Genghis. The, the coverage consistency wins championships. We got a bunch of people here in the chat um, that are some, some interesting ones here. What, uh, where was the one I wanted to read there? One guy, he's, <laughs> we got this one. From Sergio Jaquez or Jaquez says, "Come on, guys, we need an evening show since KMBR took FP out." About Forty ers <laughs> Good night. We have Forty ers Wake up, wake up. Forty ers Wake up and Forty ers Night night. Yeah, there was another one here that said, "I'm here because Murph and Mac are not here." <laughs> here it is, Red Star Rising. I'm here because KMBR acts the Murph and Mac show. There, there you, you go. go. Well, welcome. Look, well, I'm going to tell you, Lord. Larry. I had an like a ridiculous week of growth uh, on my channel, and it's because of the KNBR video that I put out, and then another one that Kevin cut from us doing a 49ers wake up that got another, I mean, a thousand people followed me based on that video alone, and there is a level of here's how, here's how bad these radio stations are at caring for their audience and maintaining an audience. They're pushing their audience towards us aggressively. <laughs> Great Tony Salvador reached out to me this week and yeah. had to say hi to you. And uh, uh, he said, I watched your guys' breakdown of the radio market, and you guys were spot on. And he, he said, hey, look, this, it ultimately comes down to there's not enough radio sales dollars out there to, uh, to you know for the business. And we, we commented all about that last week, about how – the business has changed. So if indeed you are here this morning because you uh, were driven away from the Murph and Mac show, welcome to 49er Wake Up. Gary, uh, uh, Damon and I have gone on 
Mondays after Ravish. you almost called me Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say, Damon and I have gone on after Niner football on Mondays, and then we grew this now to we're going Mondays and Fridays. So, hey, if you're if you're uh, if the Niners play on a Sunday and you're looking for Niner turnaround discussion the next morning, 8 a.m., we'll be here for you every post game Niners. Uh, we both go live on our channels, and then of course the next morning. We uh, we come together for 49er wake up and then we're going to give you an extra 49er wake up on Fridays leading into the game, uh, which is what we're doing right now. So we thank you and everybody for coming aboard. A couple supers we should get to Jeffrey races. I know MVP is a quarterback award, but big Trent Williams needs some love. He hasn't given up a sack since week 13 of last year. Yeah. Trent Williams is spectacular. Trent spectacular. Trent Williams is really good, but he's not having an MVP season. Let's let's come on. I, he's I, not going to win the MVP. No, he's not. He, uh, he won't um, even get a vote. <laughs> right. Ryan Cloyd says our gangster nerds are going to rock these birds. Uh, yeah, you know, so, somebody referred to the Niners as gangster nerds. Uh, but you know what? You know, call if Richard me, Sherman call whatever you want. Team, if Richard Sherman were still on the team, is he got that Stanford degree? But we do have a Stanford degree in in McCaffrey. You got a Yaley out there and use check. Um, after that, the Ivy League participation starts falling off dramatically. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't gangster nerds, gangster nerds. I, I haven't heard that one until right now. But thank yeah, you very much nerds, for that. the super chat. <laughs> Um, you know, I'll tell you one thing that's kind of fun to watch. I've, and I've caught the last couple of weeks. Um, by the way, Michael Kennedy, is that our good friend, Michael Kennedy he says, would you rather go to a home game or a visitor's game? I'd rather go to a visitor's game. There's something, there's something about going to a game on the road. I went to Niners Cowboys in 95 at Texas stadium, and it was easily one of the greatest times ever, but I don't want to get into brawls or have people throw snowballs at me, um, or anything crazy like that. But yeah, wearing your colors into the opponent's stadium and beating them and seeing their fans walk out. I mean, it's exhilarating. It and, absolutely is. And let's be totally honest, Levi Stadium sucks. It's a terrible fan experience. <laughs> You're never you never like Levi's. It's awful. It's it's an it's an architectural flop. It's a game day experience flop. The only thing that the that Levi Stadium has going for it is the 49ers play there. That's it. That's all it's got. Yeah. Um, don't say that to Michael. Michael's one of the guys in charge of firing everybody up. Uh, no, no, no. So, so th that can't be that Michael, because that Michael came with an Iowa state helmet. And we all know that Michael Kennedy as is, is, is a diehard vault to the point where he would never have another team helmet in his avatar. It is, it is volunteers or nothing with that guy. Uh, Nicotina, who's a big fan says sports phone. Six eighty was never the same after Larry left and Damon left. Um, there you go. Um, we got Will Schoberg. Murph and Mac was whack. You know, now, here's now the, we're now we're doing some rapping. Hold on. Even if you didn't like Murph and Mac, and I'll be the first to admit that that show was never my cup of tea either. But you got to respect a run of 18 years. I mean, I might have had my problem. I mean, they're good guys too. And they're I mean, great guys. They're great yeah. guys. They're great guys. They're super nice. And even if I didn't like them, I'd still respect the run. That's like with Gary Radnich. I didn't get along with Gary very well, but I respected Gary Radnich's run as the king of San Francisco media from a TV standpoint and then a radio standpoint. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes whether you like a guy or not is irrelevant to are they good at what they do or are they having success at what they do? 
Murph and Mac had a great amount of success at what they did for years upon years. They had the unquestionable number one morning show in San Francisco. Now the ratings have tapered off a bit lately. Um, and again, if you didn't like the goofy songs, you well, know, you were I, probably I just, happy there's, that, there's, that Mac got his, but I, th there's, there's plenty there's of reasons for all these things, you know, and I tried to explain that when I sent a text to FP, there's reasons that their ratings have tanked and it's more about their, it was more about their, their poor leadership and their poor decision-making. Mm -hmm. Um, they made bad decisions with personnel. They also made really bad decisions with adjusting to the audience. My son's 14. I have another son who's 18. I have another son who's 22. Guess what? They don't listen to uh, terrestrial radio. I wish they did, but they don't. Um, we can sit there and chastise uh, the younger generation for not listening to the radio, or you can go where they're at and continue to cultivate an audience. And ultimately, that is the only solution. Um, and and unfortunately for that radio station, they didn't get it for a long period of time. They're on YouTube today, but they're Took years. Yeah, they're years behind the game. And uh, and they're actually behind 95.7 the game by in almost every day part. But then they're also years behind the game of cultivating new meet new listeners because they're not on. They're not on YouTube or they weren't on YouTube uh, fast enough. And, you know, they don't they're not spitting out there. It used to be you had one audience and you could just be there and you could be lazy and you could just do whatever you wanted. But guess what? Those days are over. There's now competition. There's competition on the dial uh, of competition that they're losing. And there's huge competition on social media. And the reality is, is that when you get into the car, your car doesn't pair to your phone. Your your phone pairs to your or your your phone doesn't pair to your car. Your car pairs to your phone. So this is the star of. By the way, it has my my gambling app. Out what I'm what looking, app you got up there, big fella? Yeah, you're yeah. tracking some stocks, or you're looking for an over? <laughs> I'm looking. Yeah, it's, a, it's the Niners Seahawks on the Action app. The Action app. I'm looking at the Niners. Who's got spread? It's a it's Niners minus ten and a half. Is the um, is the odds on this game right now? So Niners minus ten and a half. It's eleven in certain spots, and the over under is forty seven. Like without team. This is the here. This is the star, right? Yeah. So whatever you are listening to, your podcast, your the YouTube, whatever you get in the car, this pairs to your car. So you, automatically, so there's no even buttons to press. So the radio stations are literally on the same par with podcasters and YouTubers and. All and, and the audience is the one that wins because you get a million choices now. You go satellite radio, terrestrial radio, podcast, YouTube. It's all there for you. And ultimately, it's just going to come down to who's got the best content. But you also have to keep pushing your content out to all of these different people in different spots. And um, if you don't do that and do it consistently, religiously, you lose your audience. And so... What happens is their median average of their audience just got older and older and older and aged out and aged out and aged out. And Tony Salvador is right. There's not enough ad dollars to support um, the kind of uh, money that they spend. And so they're going to be dialing it back. So it's not about FP. I no, mean, I would no. I, I didn't want to. The one thing I didn't when I reached out to Paulie and FP, the last thing I wanted to say to those guys is like, hey, you guys did something wrong. You did nothing wrong. Nothing. You did absolutely nothing wrong. It's just that. um 
you know, there's a lot of competition now and they're declining revenues and it's just the way it is. And and there'll be more cuts before, you know, be, you know, before you sit there and go, Oh, it's about these guys. It's not about those guys. It's about budgetary cuts and they're going to, there's going to be more, there's going to be more cuts coming. There'll be more people cut loose and I, it doesn't make me happy. It, it really doesn't. I'm, I'm a competitive person like anybody else, but um, doesn't make me happy to see guys that I know are great guys. Heck, Paulie and 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 uh, Brian came down to camp this summer. Uh, I, I was one of the most enjoyable days I had down there, uh, sitting there on the sideline chopping it up with two guys that I have great affinity for. Um, and there might not be, is my mind, a better baseball analyst in the market than like an FP Santangelo. So these guys are really, really talented and they can cultivate their audience in a different way, but, um, it's probably not going to be in terrestrial radio or if it is, it's going to be, you know, a stop before they go somewhere else because terrestrial radio is kind of in that shrinking mode because of the way the world is. So, so you can get mad at it or you can, you know, it's like Billy Bean in the, in Moneyball, adapt or die. So right? if, we were inventing, die. if we were inventing, something that goes hand in hand with, you know, KNBR specific problem. They are on the wrong end of, would you invent it today? If you could invent a way to communicate with an audience, would you invent radio? No, you wouldn't. Not today. It's in, it's, it's antiquated. You can't chat on the radio. You can't put video on the radio. You can't really interact with it beyond phone calls, which they don't take anymore. So it's an antiquated media form to begin with. The other thing that we also wouldn't invent today if we were inventing things to entertain a new generation would be the sport of baseball. Baseball is a little bit antiquated and they tried to, you know, zhuzh it up. And look, if if in the next hour they sign Shohei Otani, the Giants do, KNBR is going to have a great day from a rating standpoint. Everyone's going to be very, very excited about that. But then, oh man, that that 20 minute commercial thing and that wave of way too many commercials. Cause these hosts didn't stay on their clocks and, and He's now going to LA or that. Toronto, by the way, I know Well, so what's really funny. We're going to talk here. About <laughs> people like, Shohei could sign Shohei could sign. It's like, I've seen this movie. He goes to LA or Toronto. It feels that way. Um, but look, KNBR has a problem with the medium in itself, which, you know, it, you can't be anything other than a radio station. Actually, you can be, but they refuse to be. And then they just laid off most of their digital department, too. So they're just going in the wrong direction. Oh, by the way, time. Danny Emmerman, I just saw this on Twitter last night. He was writing for KMBR.com, just got uh -huh. a full-time gig writing for the Merck. Good so for him. congratulations to Danny Emmerman, Good talented kid from the Northeast who came out here. I think he's from Connecticut or New York. Uh, he came out here. He was covering the Giants. He's working for KMBR. He gets laid off. Uh, he's landed on his feet at uh, San Jose Mercury News. So good for him. Good for him. Good uh, Nicotina says Larry's epic giant rant would never be allowed on KNBR. That's why YouTube is better home for Larry and Damon. And it was, yeah, there's an independent. Turn, get it off. Turn him off. Get him off. That was my Larry Bear running up Second Street. It was, it was hysterical. Turn it off. Still one of the most viewed videos in the history of my site, Larry. It really is. It's, it's, uh, it was hysterical, but it was accurate and it was real and it was raw. And you can't do that, you know, on the station that is in bed with the team from a business partnership standpoint. And that's the other thing that KNBR is getting wrong every day. Every single day, they position themselves as we are your giant station. 
Well, they're also the flagship of the 49ers. And the fact that you think of the 49ers as the other team on KNBR and not the team on KNBR is why it's just proof that they're not keeping up with the way society is going. If you are the flagship station of an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team, and you pump that Major League Baseball team harder than you do the NFL team, you are out of your fucking minds in 2023. And that's what they do. So the that- NFL audience is far and away the largest audience. Without if you tune into uh, any sports radio show and they're talking about in NFL season and they have an NFL team and they're not talking NFL, they're probably not talking to as many people as they could. You know, that's how big the NFL is. The NFL is huge and everything else is secondary and baseball right. is way secondary. It is. Uh, so you that you know but I mean they're they're trying to balance it all out and we'll you know we'll see how it all goes but but ultimately um uh, that's the beauty of of uh twenty twenty three of being on December eighth of twenty twenty three. So you get in the car, you got options. You get in the house, you got options. Um, you know, how many people have a have a have a radio in their house? And Larry, very few. I'm, so it's become I'm, very much a car driven medium if you're on, you know, AM radio and then Heck, I got a buddy who's got a Porsche. He's like, dude, I've, I've, I drive a Porsche. Uh, my Porsche doesn't have an AM radio. I said, okay, there you go. There you go. The the thing, too, that, you know, is is just a reality of, of where we live now and, and who we are as a society. We want to watch things that are convenient for us. We fit things we consume into our day. We don't plan our day around the things that we consume anymore. So if you're, let's say, let's say you're a huge Larry Kruger fan and all you wanted to do today was listen to the Larry Kruger show. And the Larry Kruger show was on from two to six o'clock on a radio station. And that's the only time you could get Larry Kruger. Well, if you weren't in your car from two to six o'clock, you missed your show. Now, if you're a Larry Kruger fan, you start Larry Kruger's show whenever it's convenient for you and you watch as much of it until it's convenient for you and then you turn it off or you pause it or you come back to it. We live in a Netflix world. People don't even watch, like people will more than be happy watching a movie like over the course of three nights, they you know, 40 minutes a night or something like that. People, There used to be a printed TV guide, <laughs> right? It was printed. Right. That's, that's how much in advance those things came out. Oh, let um, me tell you, 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 you put the TV guide on the wrong end of the coffee table in my grandfather's house, you would you would hear about it. <laughs> if that well, TV you, guide wasn't right there, right on the edge of his captain's chair, you would hear about it. My late father, the great George Kruger, who I loved tremendously, it was such an eye-opener. He's the guy that got me fired up on the radio. He's the guy that used to pick me up from preschool and kindergarten and we'd listen to Lon Simmons call games and KMBR and Frank and Mike and all that stuff. He was Mr. Radio, loved the radio. He died a couple of years ago. Uh, but in his final year, um, I can remember, um, you know, calling my my parents' house in the, in the sunset and getting my mom on the phone. And um, I said to her, you know, I got to go, mom. We, we got the show starting in about a half hour and I got to get ready. And uh, I goes, dad, is dad uh, going to be listening? And she's like, oh, you know, he doesn't listen. I go, what do you mean he doesn't listen? She's like, oh, he only listens to the podcast. I said, what? I go, my own dad who only listened to AM radio forever is now a podcast. He's like, yeah, he likes to listen while he does his bills in his office. 
There you so, go. So whatever time my dad was doing his bills or whatever in his office, that's what time he was listening to our show. And if if that was in the morning, then he was listening in the morning. If that was at night, he was listening at night. What you just said is so spot on. People are not about uh, about you know the schedule of of the audience of the shows. They're about their schedule, and everything should be on demand. And right. that's my kind of the world show, we're in. That my, was my dad in his eighties. Right. My favorite show doesn't come on at eight o'clock. My favorite show comes on when I want it on. That's right. the way when I sit down. Do it these days. So yeah. Yeah, um, we got a couple more supers here. We got uh, Bun Banob says when the 49ers clinch, call off the starters dogs. I think that's what you meant. Well, so if he's saying if they are the one seed assured and there's nothing left to play for, yeah, that's the first start Sam Darnold gets this year. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, look at the way it's going to come down. That's not going to, there's not going to be that. Be because, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Eagles have to lose one time and the 49ers have to run the table. So the only way the Niners will be resting anybody at any point, I think, you know, obviously you can make an argument they're resting Eric Armstead, but he's got an injury. The only way they're actually be resting guys at the very end of the year is if somehow, and it could happen if the, if the Eagles lost this week to Dallas, and then followed it up by losing next week to Seattle. And the 49ers then had one loss. They could actually lose one more time and still get home field. Then you might see some rest. But they all, the Niners have the Baltimore Ravens and the number one rushing attack in a pro football rolling in to Levi's on Sunday night, on uh, Christmas night, um, and on the 25th there. And we'll see. I mean, to me, that, that game is a coin flip. Lamar is incredible. The the Ravens run the heck out of it. They got the number one defense. Uh, you catch them at their place. They're almost unbeatable. This will not be at their place. And they're going to be, be uh, Larry, they're, they're, they're thinking we're a one seed, you know, so they got a lot to play for too. It's not like anyone is going to lay down their arms and fight, you know, not to the death. <laughs> you know, this right. is, And that's going to be a tough game to win. Yeah. So this idea that the Niners are going to be the one seed with the bye. I mean, they desperately want to be the one seed with the bye. But it's it's an uphill climb because, you know, what you're really asking for is and I've looked at uh, at, you know, uh, Philly's schedule. Philly plays Dallas this week, Seattle next week. Then it's two games against the New York football Giants and one game against the Arizona Cardinals. And they're just not going to lose those games. So it's really this week and next week to root hard against Philly and then hope that the Niners can run the table. And if they do run the table and Philly does lose one of the next two games, the Niners will be the one seed. And if the Niners uh, run the table except for losing to to uh, Baltimore, but somehow Philly loses the next two weeks, the Niners will still be the one seed. Larry, do, you see how, do, you, do you see how we're painting this? It's going to yeah. be very difficult to get late season rest. The uh, I had a guy reach out saying, look, I don't care what the circumstances are. I just cannot root for the Dallas Cowboys because I'm a Niner fan under any circumstances. And I just said, no, 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 no. You're doing it wrong. You are a Cowboys fan this Sunday if you're a Niners fan. That's just the way it goes. And then you immediately go back to hating them and mother effing them right, right as soon as the game's over. But you were surprised that stat you threw out earlier where you said what Philly hasn't won in Dallas since, since 2017. 2017. Yeah. So that's 
you know, and Dallas is scoring a lot of points and Dak's playing really, really well. But I'll say this, and, and I know I speak for all Niner fans when I say this. I have zero fear of Dallas in a head-to-head with the Niners. I don't care if it's there. I don't care if it's here. I don't care if it's on the moon. The Niners match up well with the Cowboys. The Niners can run it on Dallas. Dallas can't stop the Niner run. The nine, the Dallas cannot run it on the Niners. Um, and that's really what the beginning of football and almost the beginning and the end. And whoever runs the ball and stops the run typically wins. And the Niners have been that team in the head-to-head against Dallas. And again, that's that's why I'm I'm really less worried about Seattle than I've been in uh, the last handful of games against Seattle because I just think the Niners got what they need to do down pat. The Seahawks have been scrambling. The best argument you could make for the Seahawks would be, well, they're desperate. Yeah, they are. They are desperate right now. But the Niners are desperate for much bigger plans and much bigger things. And I see that Elite Archer has actually just asked a question I think we need to get to. But let's keep going through these. Uh, well, we got one more before him. Cryptic okay. says, how do you feel How do you feel schedules that have the same opponent two times in three weeks? Does it really matter or would you like the division games planned out better? I would like them scattered more. I think it's yeah. tough to turn around on someone. and 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 uh, It is hard. Yeah, I, I I think it's too much. I don't like it in the NBA when they have, you know, Oklahoma City was just in town playing the Warriors back-to-back games at Chase Center. I didn't like that. Um, I, I don't. That's I don't weird, like too, because the NBA doesn't have series right. in the regular season. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't. it makes it harder to, you know, it's like anything else. Do you want to have a doubleheader? Well, I do. I like doubleheaders as a fan, but um, they're hard to sweep. So, like in baseball, I'd rather almost not have a doubleheader because it's hard to sweep a doubleheader. Uh, and in football, it's hard to beat an opponent twice in two weeks. I will say this, though. If there was going to be one team, and I'm not sure if you already made this point, but if there's going to be one team that the 49ers would get coming off of the Eagles, I would like it to be Seattle. Just from the standpoint of the Niners have so many so many bad memories and bad you know, head-to-head matchups against Seattle that they're never going to take Seattle lightly. Right. It gets your full attention. Yeah. And you know, Always, no matter what, this is why I actually think the Cowboys are the perfect, the perfect opponent for the Eagles coming off their most embarrassing loss of the year. Cowboys are going to have the Eagles full attention, whether the Niners beat them or not. That's a division opponent. That's a real rivalry. They don't like each other. And that's, it's very good to be able to move on with someone that's going to have your full attention. So I, I think the Eagles got a little bit of a, a break and they're also in a situation they could lose all at the same time. So, uh, you know, just and then for the last Eagles Cowboys game, I was at the plus mania there in the city and <laughs> I was, it didn't have my full attention because I was talking to people and I was drinking. Um, but that, that, you know, that was a close game. I mean, that was a close game yeah. and that was the game in Philly. Now, you move this thing to Dallas. Prescott's playing like an MVP. Dallas is starting to really cook. Um, and Philly, you know, Philly's issues are that, you know, I don't know if you heard uh, Steve Young. He's like, he kind of made them sound like they were a pretender this week. The one thing about Philadelphia, they missed Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the worst way in the back end of that defense. He was that intimidator. Now you got guys like Blankenship back there. I mean, these guys, that's a far cry from C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, and they're dinged up, so their linebackers, that kid Morrow, just got roasted. They just added a linebacker. They just added, uh, what? Um, Shaq Leonard, but Shaq Shaq Leonard's, 
you know, if anybody who's watched the Colts will tell you Shaq Leonard is a shadow of what yeah. he was a couple of years ago. He's only 28 on paper. He looks plenty young enough, but he doesn't move. I mean, he's had injuries. He's diminished. He's not the same player that he was a couple of years ago. Right. Good so, linebackers aren't available this time of year. No. And, and, and having great linebackers means a ton. I mean, look at the 49ers with Greenlaw and Warner, which is why, why Greenlaw getting thrown out because of his, you know, whatever with Big Dom, the security guard, was one of the worst, worst decisions I've seen in years. And, and shame on Sirianni for lying the other day, coming out and saying, I didn't want anybody to be ejected. We have, we have lip, we can have your, we read your lips, you know, 57's got to go. You, he was imploring the refs to throw Greenlaw out of that game. And then they had the audacity to hit the mic and say the exact opposite. It's like, dude, you lied. We, you know, we have video of you saying 57's got to go. We have video of you politicking multiple times on the sideline for Greenlaw to be ejected. I mean, think about that, but for a second, if the Niners had lost that game, oh my God, we'll be talking about that forever. Instead, the Niners were very gracious. Shanahan was very gracious. Um, They had their best defensive player, in my opinion. I know other other people like Warner and Bosa and Armstead. In my opinion, Greenlaw is their best defensive player. I think he's phenomenal. Um, They had him thrown out of the game. Thrown out of the game while he was the lead, thrown out of the game in the third quarter, and he's still the lead tackler. An interaction with a civilian, a guy in right. street clothes. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, a guy with an earpiece. And by the way, what security guard ever in the history of security doesn't wear a yellow jacket and face the stands? This guy wears an earpiece and stands one foot off the sideline. I, I, I'll say this: my reaction to that whole thing is. Let's get all non-essential personnel off the fucking sideline. Okay. I mean, I, I let's not treat this like, Hey, it's a perk. It shouldn't be a perk there. I mean, you've been to camp. I've been to camp when, when there's a, a sweep to your side of the field, that shit happens fast. Pete, these are big, fast guys rolling up on you. It's not a safe situation to have people standing in front of other people who are standing in front of other people all pushed up on the sideline of an NFL game. It's not safe. It's not, it's not safe. Now I'm, I feel like I can get out of the way, but I wouldn't feel as comfortable if I had people on both sides of me and people behind me, Larry, there's there's nowhere to go there. Larry, you couldn't get all non-essential out. You couldn't get me on a football field during a game on the sidelines. Even if you said, would you like to be there? I wouldn't. Cause you know what, since El Stroco Loco, Damon, your, your agility is not the same. Didn't move very fast to begin with, but since El Stroco Loco, I mean, I'm telling you, you don't want to be behind me during a fire drill. We'll all get burnt together. Yeah, I move slow, so I would never, ever want to be around that that herd of rhinoceros as it's coming at you to steamroll you. Um, oh, good, you got a lead archer up here because this is something that I do want to talk about because there is a serious misunderstanding with how fans think football works so let's read the question larry uh lead archer 23 says let's please talk about it kyle blows a late lead in the playoffs again then where does he stand in jed york's kitchen having dinner and cocktails that's where he stands kyle is not a game away from losing his job i don't care what that game is I don't care how he loses in embarrassing fashion in whatever big game you think he just lost in embarrassing fashion. I don't care how embarrassing it goes. Kyle isn't in trouble. 
nor would a singular result ever place him in trouble. He could blow a five touchdown lead in the Super Bowl, and he's your head coach week one following year. That's who yeah, he is. I mean, let's just can we please stop the idiocy of this narrative of this guy's on the hot seat. He's never been on the hot seat. He's not going to be on the hot seat. If they fired him tomorrow, there would be like four other firings in the college and pro game from universities and NFL teams that are like, hey, we'll take this guy. Um, come on. He ain't going anywhere. Everybody knows it. But, I mean, and where would he be? Where does he stand? He stands right where he's at right now as a, as a very good coach who hasn't climbed to the top of the mountaintop. I mean, you could be, I mean, how did you feel when Andy Reid, you know, got done in Philly? Did you feel like, oh, you know what? Andy Reid can't coach or, hey, he's a great offensive coach. It just didn't happen in Philly. I mean, I think right now, Kyle Shanahan today is where Andy Reid was before he hooked up with Mahomes in Kansas City and won a couple rings. Look, I gotta. I would. I would have to go back through my research, which I keep. This is weeks ago, and I think this number is. It might not be a hundred percent accurate, but it's in the ballpark. We talk about winning the Super Bowl as if it's some easy thing to do, and you got to do that. And if you don't do that, you. I believe there are eighteen living humans on the planet right now who have won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Eighteen humans. You know, that's it. That's it. That there are there are these aren't easy to win. These are not it's not a large group of people who win Super Bowls. Therefore, Kyle must be among them and instantly. It just it doesn't happen like that. There's a reason they have elaborate multi-million dollar parades in cities that have budget shortfalls. <laughs> right? That <laughs> there because it doesn't happen very much. Heck, I've ridden, I've ridden in two Giants parades down Market Street. There's two of the greatest sports memories I've ever had. Um, but that's because I've got it in perspective. It doesn't happen very much. It just doesn't. So you just got to remember that, you know, um, only if you're going to be in this mode where it's Super Bowl or bust, and, and you know, I think there's it's okay to be real. I mean, the 49ers are in this mode. I mean, yeah. it's not its not like they're going to... There will be no celebrating if the 49ers go to Vegas and lose the Super Bowl. Now, Shanahan's not on the hot seat, but there'll be no celebrating. Jed is about the sixth ring. Kyle's about the sixth ring. Lynch is about the sixth ring. Every single one of those players is about getting that sixth ring. The Niners know they're good. They know they're one of the loaded teams in football. They're not going to be happy with Hey man, we made it to the NFC Championship game. Or hey man, we made it to the Super Bowl but we lost. They're after the ultimate prize. And there's going to be a lot of unrest and a lot of hand-wringing and a lot of assessing, you know, what happened if they fall short. But you also have to keep it in perspective somewhat. Every team in the NFL except for one, if that is your standard, will have an unsuccessful year this year.